So a sip of coffee, and we're going to talk about plans. So this is probably the episode that everyone has been waiting for, right? So how many of you have sat down for a planning session and had a great time using the colors, writing the lists, making the pages, and then the next day, or maybe the next week after a whole week of not ever looking at that plan, wondering if that planning session that felt so great was actually just a waste of time because you don't see that it made a difference in the day to day. We, I don't know about you. I, maybe not we, maybe it's just me. I sometimes do distraction planning. And it's really the same kind of thing as just crashing on the chair and scrolling through Instagram or Facebook where you're avoiding what you really ought to be doing with the phone, right? Where Because it feels like you're catching up, you're getting information, you're making connections or whatever. Like it feels like you're getting something out of it. But you're really just kind of numbing your mind, (laughs) your, we, we're really just numbing our sense of having a lot to do and not really being sure what to do next. And so we just do nothing and ignore making the tough decisions or doing that chore that we really don't want to do. And we use social media to distract ourselves. Like that's a thing. I I know that's not just me. (laughs) And that's a huge reason why I got off social media. It was like, just cut that out from the roots instead of saying that I won't do it and moving that. Oh, it's a little harder. And it's like, well, swiping over and tapping is still easier than washing all the dishes in my sink, which I really ought to be doing. And which I totally will do in five minutes or 20 turns out, actually, I don't have time to do the dishes because I need to make dinner. (laughs) It's a thing, right? And sometimes we do the exact same thing with planning. So it's just a human tendency. It's not really, well, it's not really social media's fault. Social media just knows, like it's set up to tap into that tendency within our human nature. But we say, okay, I really should be making progress on this project or that chore or, you know, there's something we should be doing. And so we sit down with all the papers and all the markers and all the great pens and and make a really good plan to do all the things tomorrow. And there's, you know, there's all that advice out there, which has some truth to it, which is, you know, when you, the time that you spend planning will save you time in the future. And there is an extent to which that's true. If we can save ourselves some decision-making by making the decisions up front with every, the big picture in mind and our calendar in front of us, we really can save ourselves emotional and mental 
energy. But we can also waste a lot of time planning. So what's the difference between plans that do save us time and energy and plans that are actually just a distraction and a waste of time? Is it maybe we just chose the wrong colors, put, we put the wrong stickers in the planner. We are just not planners. You know, sometimes we just write it off as something that works for other people, but it's not going to work for us. It's not worked for us in the past. So I'm, I must just not be a planner. And then we stop trying. The difference between the plan that is a waste of time and a plan that is helpful it's all us. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm here with the bad news. It's not the planner that you bought. It's not the stickers you used. It's not the color coding system. It's just us. It's our actions and behaviors and choices. The difference between the plan that works and the plan that doesn't work is whether or not we as the planner are using it. And even if you make an over the top, over ambitious plan, if you are using that plan, you're looking at it, you're referring to it, you're using it as a reminder, because that's really what a planner is. It has all kinds of lists, all kinds of notes, all kinds of things. The whole point of everything in the planner, and the calendar, the lists, it's all serving as a reminder. And even if it's unrealistic, over the top, over ambitious reminders, if we're using it, we will learn what's actually realistic as we match up our actual day-to-day -to, -day to the plan and see how, how much discrepancy there is. And so we come back and make another plan that's maybe a little bit less ambitious, a little bit less idealistic, make the list a little shorter and try that. But we look at the plan. I mean, basically that's what it really boils down to is the plan that is helpful is the plan that we look at. And so we need to give ourselves you know, whatever hacks or helps make it possible to look at that plan all the time, multiple times a day. That means that we want it to be attractive because we're more likely to look at something that's attractive than is messy in a scrawl. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes that you know, beautification factor makes it intimidating. And so we avoid it because our real life is not going to fit into that beautiful planner. And so we avoid the beautiful planner because we don't want to mess it up. So there are times where simpler and maybe even messy is actually better than beautiful. If the beauty and the pristine nature of the planner is preventing us from looking at it. Does it take too many motions to get to the right page or is the right page just right there? I know we have lots of women inside our community that just use a clipboard 
because the page that they need to see all the time to be reminded of their commitments and the choices that they have made ahead of time is just sitting right on top all the time. There's no flipping to the right page, which makes it easy to like, oh yes, I carry my planner around everywhere. I just never actually look at the plan I made. <laughs> but I feel great having this beautiful planner with me all the time. And I write things in it. I just never look at what I wrote again. So whatever kind of notes that we write to ourselves, including the calendar, which is a note of time bound commitments and obligations or a to-do list, we need reminders for all of those things because our brain is not reliable to remind us at the time that we need to be reminded. And when it is written out in front of us, we can also go through that wonderful motion of checking things off, which is so satisfying. And when, when we get that little mini small reward of checking something off, it is, um, it helps us perpetuate that. It helps us do more and want that next check mark. So those small wins and small ways to celebrate, it might seem silly. Maybe it is silly, but it works. And it, it, again, we're working with our human nature and not trying to be something we aren't. The checkbox helps. How many check boxes can I fill in this week for my morning routine? Maybe I'm not checking off that morning routine because in the morning, I know that I want to do a morning routine, but I don't remember what counts as the morning routine. What am I supposed to do? I did half of it. Does that count? We tend to think of those kind of moments where we evaluate our plan and find it wanting or find ourselves wanting when compared to the plan as failure points and like we're doing it wrong. But it doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to view it that way. We can take an iteration mindset. So this is a big deal inside Simply Convivial Continuing Education. And it's also included even just in Homemaking 101, where we have people get started uh, when they're new. So at Homemaking 101, we beat perfectionism with iteration. And perfectionism wants the plan to be set up just right. And then for all the boxes to always be checked off and anything less than that is a fail. That's perfectionism. And so sometimes we avoid looking at that plan in the first place because we know it's not going to be perfect. And so we don't want to do it at all, right? That's the all or nothing mindset that most perfectionists also have. It's kind of wrapped up in that perfectionism. And iteration, on the other hand, says, okay, I set up these reminders for myself. And then I'm going to, in the moment, use those as reminders, but also uh, make appropriate choices, or at least afterwards, when I'm looking at that planner again, notice 
that I, I didn't follow through on that. I did this other thing instead. And why did I make that choice? Was it a better choice or was I distracted? And by comparing ourselves to the plan, even when, or especially when our actions fall short of our plan, we're then learning. We are able to grow our own abilities by being more aware of when our temptations are about uh, what does distract us and maybe able to make some accommodations for ourselves, like ditching social media. <laughs> when you actually see on your app how much time you actually spend on your phone, you're like, I need to spend less time on my phone. But you come to those moments of awareness and changing when you are paying attention, when you are evaluating yourself. And it's easiest to do that when you have something written that you're comparing the way life went with the written plan. And we do want those two more and more match up, but we're never expecting them to exactly match up because there's no way that we're going to predict the day before, even an hour before sometimes, but and definitely not you know, a year before in the case of annual goals, <laughs> what we're actually going to need to do in the moment, because as homemakers and wives and mothers, our primary duty is to respond to people's needs in the moment. So we have a lot of discretionary time. We really do. Um, and for the most part, I think most of us struggle with self-management. And so the plan helps us recognize that we are struggling with self-management and gives us a tool for exercising self-management. Not that we will then, because we have a great plan, do it all, but because we need that kind of crutch and we need that opportunity to evaluate how we're actually doing and discover what's really going on because it's so easy to just get caught up in the moment or caught up in distractions and then honestly not know where your time went. Or if you have the whole day ahead of you and you're like, I could do this or that or the other thing. We have so many choices that we're overwhelmed and then we get stuck and do nothing at all. And so the plan helps kind of cut through the options and cut through the overwhelm. It says, don't think about all the things you could possibly be doing. Start here. Start here and get this done and get that check mark. And that will help us move forward in making good choices. And so to iterate then is also to not expect your plan to be the absolute best golden standard that you're trying to always live up to. Uh, we are also, we're iterating, we're, we're getting started, starting somewhere, starting where we're at, and then giving it a shot, getting started, not waiting for that plan or for us to be perfect, but getting started with what we have, what we know, 
trying it out, starting, working, and then doing a little bit of evaluation. And then after that evaluation, the point of the evaluation is not to beat ourselves up and it's not to give up and it's, um, we get stuck when it's like turns into introspection, but instead that evaluation is to say, okay, what needs, what can I change next? What would make this more workable for me? What would make this planner a more helpful reminder system? It might be that there's so much stuff on my planner page, even if it's like decoration, but especially if it's a lot of overambitious goals <laughs> and projects that it's overwhelming. So I'm overwhelmed in the moment. I look at my planner and I just get more overwhelmed. That's not working. So you put fewer things on your planner and then you give that a shot. You're not expecting, okay, and that's the fix. And now here we go. But it's actually a constant. Put something out there on the planner. Move forward, do some things, pause, evaluate, adapt. And that's iteration. So iteration actually comes, it's a big deal in the software world. And my husband is a software developer. And we see this all the time with apps and our computers, right? There are constantly updates. And sometimes it's frustrating. <laughs> but the, the computers are always updating. They're always adapting and different things end up breaking. And so they release updates to fix bugs. And a lot of times the bugs in the software are not discovered until people start using it. So they have to ship something, put it out there, get people using it. Then the bugs are discovered and the developers fix the bugs and then they release an update. And it's this constant process that's iteration. Um, and so we need to do the same thing with our planner with software, um, this has been kind of a big deal in the industry, I guess, because you, know, you take more industrial model where you're like making a bridge or a building and you want to have the whole thing planned ahead of time. So you know exactly what you want and then exactly what it's going to look like when it's done and you just have everything set then you begin. That's kind, that's kind of the older industrial model. And it is helpful when you're building a house, which we're going to be doing. And I want all the plans and the vision ahead of time and make the decisions up front before you get started. Because if you make changes after you get started, those are expensive. But software is different because uh, the amount of time that it would take to get every everything um, planned ahead of time before starting the programming and the actual end goal, the use case, the needs that people have actually change. And so then the software actually ends up being out of date and not helpful by the time it's done because that process took so long.
And even so, there's always going to be bugs that you don't discover till it's used. And our life is more like, and definitely our planner is more like software than it is like building a house or a bridge. We need to just ship something on a planner. And we're not putting it out there and saying, okay, I've figured it out ahead of time. This is exactly going to serve my needs and make life easier. And we're ready. Here we go. And then expect it to just be go time. Instead, we ship it. We get started. We get something going with the planner and then use it. And it's actually by using it that we discover what the next change needs to be. We discover what's actually helpful to us and what's just a distraction. We discover what we're missing. And uh, it's such a healthier mental and emotional approach because it's not actually discouraging when the plan doesn't work. You're using it looking for the things that you actually need to change. And when you see them, that's just helpful information that you're going to incorporate next time you make your next planner page. And so it be so adapting to your actual real life circumstances and needs and situation and personal style and the callings that you have been given, it's just a part of the game instead of being failure points. So it, it just switches the way we perceive what's actually going on with our planner and our use of it and our making decisions. But the whole point of having a planner is to have decisions made ahead of time that are in keeping with our big picture goals or just direction of life. When, when we keep the principles that we want in mind, we make some judgment calls and decisions ahead of time, write them out so we don't have to use so much brain space and energy making decisions in the moment. Here, here are some dinners we can make this week. I don't need to spend half an hour with a cookbook every single day. You, we're, we're cutting out some of those options and also giving ourselves a quick start guide. Basically, the planner page, whether it's daily or weekly, should basically be a quick start guide. You are about to pick up your phone because you don't really want to think about what you have to do. I'm just going to check Facebook at 20 minutes later. <laughs> Instead of picking up your phone to check out, you look at the checklist and check in and say, I can do that right now. There's something right there. I didn't have to think through all the options or look around and go like, oh, I said, okay. Oh, right. I was going to scrub the toilets. I can do that in five minutes. I'm just going to do that. Even though all the bathrooms aren't clean, like just, I'm going to do that small thing. And it's the opposite effect of checking out with the phone. Because we start a cycle of momentum instead of a cycle of zoning out and numbing, which is really hard to break out of. And it is a very easy thing to become a habit.
So instead, we are giving ourselves a little nudge forward. And that is the real beauty and power of a planner. And that works even if your planner is a blank piece of printer paper with a post-it or two stuck to it. We have some really great examples of very basic, quick, easy, simple planner pages that ladies within our community do. And we use a technique, we call it the daily card, where your daily to-do list isn't some fancy planner page. It's a post-it note or an index card that has the three most important things for the day. And it's not that every day we can for sure know what those three most important things are, but by putting three things on our list and we're doing it every single day. So every single day is a fresh start because it's a fresh post-it note. We get better and better at recognizing what the priorities are by implementing it through doing it. So, um, we, you know, most of us go through a period when we're starting the daily card habit of choosing extras instead of what's actually most important. And so we do all the things that are most important and then we never get to that list. And it's like, well, those are just actually the extra things that I really want to do, but I legitimately do not have time for them. So what I need to put on my list is homeschooling, even though I know that's going to happen anyway, but that is actually the most important thing I'm doing with my time today. So I'm going to put it on my list and I'm going to check that thing off when I actually do it to remind myself that, hey, I spent the bulk of my day doing the most important thing. And I get some credit for that <laughs> instead of just having planner pages full of extra things that I wish I had time to do. So in the follow-up email to today's session, I will send out uh, the daily card workshop. And we also have a post, an article on Simply Convivial with some examples with pictures of different ladies planner pages, because sometimes it just really helps to see what other people are doing and realize uh, how easy it can be to get started. You know, you don't have to spend hours browsing Etsy or Amazon for planners. You can start with a legal pad <laughs> or a whiteboard. Whiteboards are also very popular uh, in our community. So I will send some of those out because just seeing the pictures helps um, us recognize how doable it is and hearing what other people have to say about keeping it simple and looking at it. It really is that basic. So yeah, this has been a lot of fun. And if you haven't taken the quiz yet at Simply Convivial, I'll put that link down below. But the quiz um, will tell you which of these pieces, spaces, notes, attitude, plans. Those are the four things that we have to kind of keep orderly the different places that help us be prepared and ready to love and serve others better and better, more and more. Which of those you should start with? Because we can't, we're not doing perfectionism here. We're not 
getting them all in order up front perfectly and then moving forward. You just pick which one, which one should I take the next step in to improve? And the quiz helps you see which one you need to improve the most. And I have something I'm going to say about the quiz result, but I'm going to save it for the Q&A session tomorrow. So take the quiz and then we'll see if you fall into the category of uh, people and responses that I'm going to talk about tomorrow morning at the Q&A.